Thank you so much for tuning in to the Spiro Avenue Show. You could follow us on social media at Spiro Avenue on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also watch our full episodes and clips and highlights on YouTube. And we would appreciate it if you could hit that subscribe button for us. Anyways, thank you so much for tuning in, and I hope you enjoy. Joshua walks the line, shoots, and scores! Jagger Joshua. There's a shot from Dorbart, rebounds right there by Jagger Joshua, and Michigan State has their first goal of the weekend. Jagger Joshua with his fifth of the season. Jagger Joshua, his second of the night. Jagger Joshua sneaks one inside of the crease, and Michigan State's drawn first blood. Oh, welcome back to Spiro Avenue. And I, I got to tell you, there was no shortage of Jagger Joshua clips to pull from. Ben was really coined. It could have been a 17 and a half minute intro with the year this guy's having, the year Michigan State's having. A lot going on. I'm thrilled to have him. One of the most high demand people right now in the Michigan State <laughs> atmosphere, both with the hockey program and obviously the story that was the backdrop for a, a negative outcome in November. Yeah. I'm thrilled to have you, man. Jagger Joshua, welcome. Yeah, no, I mean, I'm honored to be here and excited to get to talk to you for a little bit here. So yeah, not too long because I know you threw the pads off to come here. So you, you went <laughs> right from practice, uh, maybe did like a little uh, axe spray and then showed up. Yeah. So I appreciate you rushing over and being here. So uh, before we get into you know, obviously the big story from November, I just I got to say this season from a pure hockey perspective, like, thank God, because I graduated in 11. It was already going 2011, yeah. not 1911. It was already going downhill, like, as a program when I was there, you know, a few years off the national championship in 07. And it's been like that for a long time. And I'm a big, uh, thanks, Ben. I appreciate the enthusiasm. <laughs> but it's been a long haul to get back to a point where, like, I feel like, all right, our hockey team's good. And I'm a big hockey fan generally, big Michigan State hockey fan. So just, Thank you for helping bring back Michigan State hockey, first of all. Yeah, I mean, definitely uh, when I committed here and and obviously growing up in Michigan, I, I know about the history of Michigan State hockey. And one of the things I wanted to do was bring that culture back in, in those winning ways. So it's definitely nice to finally get to achieve some of those accomplishments. And I mean, we, we're only halfway done here and I know we got still a lot more to prove. And you know, nobody really remembers the first half of the season, but uh, no, yeah, it's definitely a uphill here. And I don't think anybody really expected this fast of a turnaround. And I, I'm just excited for the future and not only this year, but for years to come, for sure. I mean, maybe most people don't remember the first half of the season. I've been waiting for this type of a first half of the season for like 15 years almost. So I will, no matter what happens, cherish, you know, these first what, six, seven weeks, wherever we're at now. It's been a lot of fun just having Michigan State hockey back. It's a proud program. It's a program with championships and a full trophy case over the years and churned guys into the NHL. And it's it's just a great history. And it's just, it's good to have you guys back. Like we missed you in in sort of the Spartan Nation uh, hockeydom, you know, fan corner, which is, you know, it's obviously not as big as football or basketball, 
But there's a healthy fan base, as I'm sure you're probably realizing at Mon. I mean, some of the clips, like, it's it's kind of yeah. crazy there. No, this yeah, year. especially even this past weekend. I mean, obviously the results weren't what we wanted, but versus a top 10 team like that or top five team and the building was was rowdy for us and full. And uh, I mean, it's always nice, obviously, coming out and when you step on the ice for the first time and you see that many fans there, it definitely gives you a little extra motivation. It's such a nice new arena now i mean it's it's the old but the new like the uh, someone said it's it's the opposite of lipstick on a pig was basically like it it was a renovation of an existing structure but it was more than just kind of the lipstick on a pig they really made that place nicer months pretty nice now you've seen kind of the before and after yeah i know i mean since i committed they've been telling they tell the recruits that they were working on it and to see it finally done is exciting and no, I, I do uh, like the, especially like the old uh, Dem Hall score clock in the middle and it kind of does keep it old, but there is some new stuff. And obviously, I mean, downstairs in our facility is, is top notch and something that, I mean, we're all thankful for and get to abuse every day or not abuse it, but get to use it. But uh, I definitely, I mean, maybe I, I definitely maybe abuse the hot tub a little <laughs> bit, but uh, no, yeah, I mean, it's great. And I, I don't, I mean, when you're visiting here, I don't, as a recruit, I don't know why you wouldn't want to be uh, at that rink every day yeah i mean and plus now you have some on ice results to sell and hopefully that continues to grow but it's just the transformation of the program seemingly overnight just is astounding as someone watching from afar i want to get into the resurrection of this once great now great again program a little bit more detail later i do want to talk about obviously the big story that happened a few weeks ago now or about a month ago now in your game against ohio state now I, I we wrestled back and forth. Do I want to go through the whole bowl by blow? I'd rather just play a little mashup. We did some of the clips of the news surrounding it okay. for the few people that don't already know what's going on, which is a very small group in this audience, believe me. But let's have Ben roll that just to paint the picture of what happened about a month ago against Ohio State. The Big Ten Conference has opted not to impose any further discipline upon an Ohio State hockey player who was given a game misconduct against Michigan State for what Spartan forward Jagger Joshua claims was the repeated use of a racial slur. It prompted Joshua to speak out, not only for himself, but others in the sport who have experienced something similar. Joshua took his frustrations to Twitter, writing the following, which in part reads, quote, acts of racism do not belong in hockey as they can discourage African Americans and any minorities like myself from playing and enjoying the game. The conference released a statement Monday saying it had collected and evaluated information from the officials, teams, and video footage, ultimately deciding, quote, due to the absence of indisputable evidence presented to the conference, the conference has not imposed further disciplinary action, end quote. Eleven days after the incident, Ohio State Athletic Director Gene Smith released a statement apologizing to Jagger and saying that Camille Sadlocha has been suspended indefinitely. Okay, so the crux of the story, I think most people that can scan the headline know, is that there's multiple statements, obviously objectively inappropriate, grossly inappropriate, made during this contest with Ohio State. I haven't heard, and I've, I searched for it, sort of a, a more thorough breakdown from you of what was the buildup? Was it a chippy game? Like, what what happened? Can you just kind of go through, how in whatever detail you can, what happened, how it got there? What was said? How many times it was said? Just what happened that night? Yeah, so I mean, uh, I mean, it's always a chippy Big Big Ten game, and obviously with my relationship to Ohio State with my older brother, and the, uh, that individual knows who I am and, and knows my brother, and and so uh, 
I wouldn't say it was more chippy than anything else, but it was the second night. So obviously there's some emotions coming out. And uh, yeah, so during uh, the first period, I I don't really like repeating what he said. I just... No, uh, you don't have to, but yeah. It's a inappropriate for me. It's a racial slur. Yeah, and so something that I heard out of of my ear and I kind of didn't really pay it no mind. I didn't... Stuff like that. I I know his objective was to get under my skin and... I know I I didn't really want to let him so so yeah then the first period and then the second period happened and multiple times again he just followed me around after the whistle and uh that's when one of the refs heard and the refs like huddled up and report the one referee reported to the other and decided to kick him out of the game and so then after the game uh nothing really came about it I mean my like coaching staff, my teammates obviously knew it, what had happened. And like, I was super appreciative, appreciative of how they handled it and, and supporting me. And, uh, and then the next, the following day, I got a call from somebody at, uh, from Michigan state, just saying that to send in a statement to the conference about what happened. So of course I, uh, sent in a statement and then pretty much silence for the fall for the following week until, uh, until about, Friday when I saw that he was still playing and that's when I woke up and I was talking to my roommate Nico Miller who I honestly am so thankful for because he's one of the guys that was in my corner and was like you got to speak up like you got to say something and uh and so yeah I mean he he saw how that made me feel that this kid ultimately got no punishment for for what he said and what he uh yeah so basically that's when I got, I talked to Nighty and, uh, I was, I was nervous. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I mean, I knew what, what me going public means and what it says towards like, obviously that we play in the big 10. I don't, I don't know that you probably shouldn't call out the big 10 type of thing. And, and I was extremely nervous going to talk to him and that's something I'll forever be thankful for how compassionate and empathetic he was with me and, and fully supported, supportive of me going public wasn't my first like initial uh option i we called the uh ad we called everybody like still making sure that this is like correct if maybe like we didn't want to jump the gun obviously and and so basically yeah that's when i found out the big 10 came to the decision that there basically wasn't enough evidence to punish the the player and so that's when i felt like i needed to say something and i didn't just want this to be something that just gets run ran over and and I think that happens way too much and after I came out publicly and the stories I've heard and like people messaging me of stuff that they went through and and how they people didn't believe them and how nobody was there to support them it only made me more reassuring that coming public was the right thing to do and I almost realized that my voice gave other people's voice in a way and so that's something that like I'm forever grateful for and and i i don't like words i really can't explain explain it i don't i don't know the the feedback you know the outpouring really has been tremendous like just in terms of support for you really uh, nationally so sort of on a global level it's really extended beyond michigan state but certainly within the michigan state family i think the way you handled it was uniquely honorable because you had every every right under the sun to go right to Twitter and be like, hey, F this guy. Like, here's exactly what happened. And, I mean, for lack of a better term, you use the proper channels. Like, you kind of quietly, you know, yeah. you, you you talk to your team and 
did a statement. Like you, you're not trying to out somebody, humiliate somebody, even someone that may frankly deserve that outing. And to this day, even after you went public, you know, your statement says an Ohio State player. Like you're, I have never heard you say this guy's name. <laughs> you know, we used it in the clip. I'll say it. You know, would we get, I want to get into it a little bit later, but I just, the way you've handled it, you were in this occurrence, the victim, obviously. Yeah. And you've handled it with so much class. It's just, it blows my mind, especially for anybody, but, you know, someone of your age. It's yeah, really no, impressive. I appreciate that. Yeah, I think, I mean, my number one objective since coming public was never concerned about the individual. Obviously, a punishment would have been nice, but it's more I want to inspire change and I want this to become a light and, and show progress. And it's more about everybody else, than if that makes sense. And so, I, yeah, I really... I. Don't want to even. I don't. I don't want to say I don't care, but I generally don't care about this individual, and I just trying to make this into a positive and and show people that this does happen and it's it doesn't belong. And I know I'm not the only one. And I like I said earlier, like not everybody that's gone through something that I have has a voice and has a platform. So I definitely felt the urge to speak up and and say what was right. I, obviously, there's no context at all that anyone could come up with where, and again, I don't know exactly what he said, but any type of racial slur is appropriate. That's a given. I do think there are degrees of bad, and this one was an especially bad degree because if someone is, if you're cross-checking some guy in the throat and some latent evil racism bug that's in his head from mm -hmm. 20 years ago comes out, Deplorable, I'd suspend them, call them out. I'm not defending it. Yeah. But the fact that it was used like deliberately as a way to goad you, presumably because you're a chippy player yourself, you know, you're a tough guy, you know, your 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 penalty minutes are you know reflect your style. Yeah, for sure. I, the fact that it was used so strategically, not even heat of the moment. I mean, it's heat of the moment in, in competition, but that it seems like that was a deliberate effort to get you in the box so they can get a power play. I mean, is that not a fair No, yeah. I mean, I think Obviously, with him saying that it was some he was trying to use that towards an advantage for himself, I guess, or, or his team. And I guess it doesn't make it any better that he did. But I, I, I mean, I understand what you're saying. Yeah, it wasn't like it was just uh, like one, like him getting mad and him saying it like he knew what he was doing somewhat and he did it multiple times. So that only justifies, I guess, his objective. But multiple times. And it was just premeditated yeah. it was calculated no yeah. you know to me and to me that does make it a lot worse than heat of the moment deplorable still but a little bit less so in my opinion and the thing that's weird to me is i i knew the ohio state connection obviously with your brother you know having been a, a buckeye and a very good player at ohio state but i did not know that you had some level of a relationship with this player prior to this incident. no i i, ha I haven't i the only he played he redshirted a year with my brother his senior year. Okay. So, but he knows your brother and knows who you are. Yeah, and I mean, we've played each other before, obviously, for the past four years, along yep. with playing juniors against each other. So it wasn't the first time that we ran into each other. Have you heard from him at all? since? No, I haven't. Nobody uh, from the school besides the public apology has reached out to, towards me. It's interesting because, I mean, not that you should really need the cautionary tale, but... Uh, was it Mitchell Miller, the the guy the Bruins just had to release that prospect? Yeah. It was like it was a Phoenix had him, and then they got rid of him. And it, it's like we just saw what happens when you screw up and don't reach out to make it right in this sport. Like five minutes ago, like I, I, I'm honestly, are you a little bit 
surprised that you haven't heard from him? Yeah, I mean, I think just obviously, I'm all for uh, people making mistakes. And I mean, trust me, I'm not perfect either. And I know uh, there are mistakes we made and and I'm full, I'm forgiving. And an apology would have made all this go away, honestly. And it, none of this would have been a big deal if, say, he apologized right after the game or said, sorry, like, so, I mean, not that I expect nor need an apology. Uh, I definitely do think it would have helped the situation for sure. Well, even even from, a, let's say this kid's the most evil person on earth. I mean, I don't know him, but let's say he is. Even from a pure strategic standpoint, like for self-preservation, he should have apologized. I mean, God forbid you actually mean it. Yeah. It, it, but I just, to me, it's such like a foolish thing to do. Even if you're a prick, it's, it's just strategically. Like, how do you just let that sit? But he almost did get away with it. The Big Ten comes out and says, oh, you know, there's no indisputable evidence. We're not doing anything. I, I mean, that was the impetus behind your statement was the Big Ten's in action, right? I mean, yeah. that's your... I mean, that's what pretty much left me speaking out is it wasn't necessarily him. It was the inactions by the Big Ten and even Ohio State by not doing anything. And that's what, if I didn't speak out, that would have been the same as them and condoning it almost and not acknowledging what happened. So... My definitely my feelings were more towards the institution and and towards how things were handled more than the individual. So when you when you came out with the statement and Ben, can you uh, we'll we'll jump the gun a little bit. Can you throw up the excerpt from his statement since we're talking about it? Um, and uh, yeah, we'll drop the there you go. Thank you. So this was an excerpt uh, that we chopped up a little bit for brevity, but. Acts of racism do not belong in hockey as they can discourage African-Americans and minorities like myself from playing and loving the game. Inactions in the face of racist comments and actions allow these behaviors to continue. And this is where you get into what happened. On, on November 11th, in our game against Ohio State, one of their players called me a racial slur multiple times. One of the officials heard the slur and gave the player a game misconduct penalty. There was an investigation by the Big Ten in the days after the incident but no further public action has been taken by the Big Ten Conference or Ohio State. And then we can finish here. The inaction has left me feeling confused and pessimistic about the movement of diversity within hockey culture. The ignorance of racism does not belong in our game. And I feel that I need to make people aware that this incident occurred because without acknowledgement, the problem gets worse. Everything you said in there is true. It's, it's, it's bullshit that there's no response. The lack of response tells you nothing good about the state of the game in terms of this specific issue. And it was really bad on the conference. And to, to me, in my opinion, a greater extent, Ohio State, like push your own self before asking someone else to push you. It was bad. That statement comes out. Did you talk with Michigan State, uh, Alan Howard, your coach before that you really said, or did you kind of go rogue on that? I know they supported you the whole way. No, I, I mean, I wrote the statement myself and. I went to Nighty about that or Coach Nightingale. And like I said, he was extremely uh, supportive of me going public. And he agreed with me the whole way. And and that came uh, the same from Alan Holler. And, and he was fully supportive of me. I had multiple conversations with him. And he felt that was the right thing to do as well. And that's that them two specifically ultimately gave me the confidence to be able to speak out. Because obviously those are two of the more powerful people on campus and, and most influence in, uh, in my life. And so definitely, obviously, when, when I knew they were in my corner, it definitely gave me a lot more confidence to come forward for sure. Yeah, their support was immediate. Ben, can you throw up their statement too? I mean, they did a, 
you know, their own, but kind of on the joint graphic and, you know, we have to read it verbatim, but I mean, you can see for the viewing audience, you know, Alan Howard comes out just saying that we stand with Jagger Joshua. We commend him for having the courage to speak up against racial injustice, you know, preaching support for you. Obviously your coach, Adam Nightingale, same thing. I mean, at Michigan State, we're committed to a safe and welcoming space and he commends you for the same, uh, you know, just the courage to come out in the same sort of vein that Alan Howard was talking about. And says, you know, in closing, I'm proud to have you on the team, Jagger, Joshua, on the team. So, I mean, you felt the support right away. It was interesting that Ohio State comes out sort of after the public shaming, for lack of a better term, and then is saying, oh, okay, you know, this is unacceptable. This player is still, uh, Camille Sabocha is still suspended indefinitely, as far as I know. I know he hasn't played yet since the suspension. You're in this period where it's 10, 11 days after between it happened, you coming forward, and the actual suspension. During that 10 days, I mean, it was reflected a little bit in your statement, but were you feeling pretty disenchanted? Like, what? how is nothing happening here? Yeah, I mean, I was obviously a little confused I, with this problem. And obviously, in today's world, it, it's something that isn't, uh, isn't handled lightly, I guess. And with it being not handled at all by anybody, it kind of definitely left me feeling uh, confused. And like I said, pessimistic about how diversity is in hockey currently and that's something i want to fight for and 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 help and make better and i think that was the best way by acknowledging it and speaking speaking about it and not letting it uh, fly under the rug it's it's really incredible that there was any lag at all i mean you would think i mean I, i'm not believe me i'm not getting into the tunnel gate thing but like michigan state had like guys suspended and a statement out in like nine hours after that thing in the Michigan tunnel, like th- this, this dragged on and on and on. And they only did something when they kind of had to, were you reached out uh, by anyone at Ohio state? I know the statement was there. Did anyone contact you after the fallout personally, or was it just the public statement? No, nah, it was just a public statement. It, 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 this is so dumb. I'm sorry. I'm sorry <laughs> like, come on. How has no one called you from Ohio state? That's, that's yeah. insane to me. The player is the, the worst for not, in my opinion, the worst, the one to not contact you. How do they not contact you as an institution though? Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, that's even something that, I mean, I can't, obviously I can't control people's reactions and I can only really control what I can. And, uh, I mean, that's, if that's their way to cope with it or handle it, I guess I can't do anything about it, but I mean, that's, you can't control them, but you can control your reaction to that. I think that's bullshit. Like, I, I, how do you not contact? Yeah, the, the public statement thing is great. Like, I think you should have a public disavowing of yeah. that kind of thing. So I'm not saying not do that, but you've acknowledged in print, as you know, your AD is at Ohio State, you've acknowledged publicly that there was a wrong here. You sus- it's reflected in the suspension. I don't get how you don't call a kid, but whatever. You, you're classier than me. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be throwing shit if it were me or if it were my kid. Your, your family's a lot more buttoned up than mine, I, I suppose, in that regard. But so it's 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 interesting following this story, especially with you know your brother Dakota in the NHL now and went to Ohio State as we've touched on. Has that been an a, sort of an extra wrinkle for you in any way? Like that this is a you know you're forced to publicly call out your brother's alma mater and he was a proud, great player there in his own right. Has that been sort of a, a awkward sort of wrinkle to this that wouldn't be the case if this were against Boston College or something? Yeah, no, hundred percent. I mean, even I think for him the situation's a little awkward and I mean he fully supports me, obviously, and 
I mean, he was one of the first, he was literally the first person I called after this happened and he was just as mad as me about the wrongdoing and, and him going to Ohio state definitely does make this a little more uh, of a sticky situation and, and also him playing for that coach. So it definitely uh, makes it a little uh, awkward for sure. But I guess that's something that we're going to have to live with and, and, uh, and see what, what happens from here. But I know that he's playing, he's played phone tag with their coach and I know their coach just reached out to him, but uh, I'm not sure exactly. I, I don't know if they've ever came into contact, but uh, yeah, it is a little, it's but even that's weird to me. Obviously he has a relationship with his own coach and that, that makes sense. But I still think that should be like kind of step one though. Like, Hey, I want to talk to your brother who was actually involved in this. I just, yeah. I can't get over that. This was almost a month ago. And the only acknowledgement of this from the other side, quote unquote, has been just public statements that like I could read. I just can't believe there hasn't been any type of back channel conversation. Like if it were me, if I'm the AD or the coach or whatever, I would make my player call you or he's not playing ever again. And then I would cause the coach or the AD. It's just to me, that's just weird. I, I, I don't like that, but I don't, there's, there's no way around the awkwardness with your brother thing with just with the school thing. I, he's kind of, roped into this too i feel bad for him yeah it's like now he's kind of in the middle and you know his school kind of hurt him too by dragging him into it no yeah 100 percent. i mean he obviously feels a little disloyal and and the trustworthiness uh from the school wasn't there and i mean obviously he's a player of color too and so he i mean i know for a fact he's experienced same things throughout his hockey career and and he's obviously not happy that it happened in general and then for it to be his alma mater is probably a little worse for sure but were you surprised by the outpouring from Michigan State fans yeah no 100% I mean realistically I didn't I didn't ex- I thought it was gonna get maybe 50 likes and a couple of retweets I knew I, I obviously knew my close friends that who I was talking with and uh, they supported me going public I knew they were gonna retweet it or you know type of thing but I mean I couldn't it was over like overwhelming is probably the only way I can come up with just the support and like I still have, I'm still responding to messages. I'm still getting messages about, like I just texted the, this mom, just sent me a message about a sad message about her son going through the same thing all the way in Las Vegas. And when I see stuff like that, like I it just reassures me that I did the right thing and, and reaching out to somebody like that and letting them know that you're not alone. And it's been, it, it really has been a, an eye opener for me. And I, I think I've even matured a little bit since the situation, just because I realize I, I don't think I had a good grasp of my following or, or my platform before this. Like, I, I mean, I didn't think it was going to blow up at all. And after realizing this, I kind of understand now about who I am and, and how I can help. Oh, I mean, for one, you're a division one athlete at a major university at a program with national championships in their trophy case. So that alone, you're in a prominent role. But the story, just from a human interest perspective, it's so egregious. When you had your statement out, I hadn't seen it. I, I can't remember. I was doing something with my kids or whatever. Uh, but I come back to my phone and I had a couple tagged messages, but mostly DMs and texts. It was like eight or nine saying, you got to get Jagger Joshua on the show. And I know who you are. I'm a Michigan State hockey fan. But I'm thinking, like, did he score five goals? Or like, <laughs> like, like, yeah. what? I mean, you did have a hat trick earlier. Yeah. But it's like, what, what, what did you do? I thought it was something performance-based. And... So I mean, that, that's just, that was like in an hour at, within the statement, maybe an hour, hour and a half, under two hours of you releasing that. My phone's blown up telling 
telling me that I got to invite you in. So it's like that alone. Yeah. I mean, I can't imagine if my phone was blowing up <laughs> about you. I can't yeah. imagine what your phone was doing. No. Yeah. I mean, I, I was like, I messages are missing. I don't, I've gotten so many that I think Instagram just started deleting them because I, <laughs> yeah. I haven't, uh, but I, yeah, no, I've, I've been trying to reach out to everybody and, and show my gratitude towards them and, and their words really do mean a lot. So it's something that I'm thankful for. And, yeah, it, it um, the support has been just. There's no words can describe it. I, I I was blown away on your behalf. I was just. It was so great. You know, you don't expect anyone to come in there with a counterpoint and be like, oh, I don't know, that was okay. What happened? Like that's. I mean, that would be some real evil shit. But just the volume of support that you got, like I I I would have gone over on the over under fifty likes. But uh, <laughs> even I was saying like, all right, like good good job, Spartan Nation. Really. Yeah. People were rallying all around you. I'm hoping, hoping, and maybe this is ambitious, but I'm curious for your take on it. I'm hoping that this is sort of the hockey version of the Me Too movement with this piggybacking the Mitchell Miller, which you talked about briefly, incident, you know, that that comes out where he's bullying someone and using racial slurs when he was 14, 15 and never apologized. I'm hoping that this is a moment that can kind of push this nonsense out of the game because obviously we're not there yet because this happened first of all, mm-hmm. and it didn't just happen. It had no response until the victim had to come out and publicly shame, which is exactly what happened with the me too stuff in Hollywood. It's like these people are telling everybody they know and telling their bosses, telling their directors and no one's doing anything. And then they just started going on Oprah and telling the story. Yeah. It's like, you kind of have to, it's a, it's, it's a shame. I'm hoping though that you can sort of further like this. I don't know if you'll ever get racism down to zero ever in any lane, but as low as possible. Do you feel like that this has a chance to work for good? I know that's what you're hoping. For. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, hundred percent. I that was obviously one of the main reasons why I did come public is because I wanted to hopefully be get down to zero. And like you said, it is gonna obviously be hard for racism just to disappear overnight and. That's why I think talking about it and, and acknowledging it is one of the best ways to, to gain traction and and show that it, it doesn't belong. And that's definitely uh, something that I'm optimistic towards and, and changing. And hopefully, not that, it's, that, that this happens again, but that people are more accepted to speak out and not scared necessarily of the repercussions that might follow uh, speaking out. And, and I think just letting the everyday person know that this stuff does happen. And that's why I don't think a lot of people understood that these type of things are in the sport of hockey and, and that they happen a little too much for anybody's liking. And, and so I think just talking about it and, and letting people realize that, you know, there's a problem here and it needs to be fixed is, is the, it's a good way to start it for sure. I still maintain that the subsequent after the fact inaction is the most egregious part of the story. Like I can, I can get down with one kid being an asshole and, and needing some serious cultural education and just, you know, isolating that issue. I'm still flabbergasted by what to me is still an ongoing lack of institutional response to it from the Ohio state side and the big 10 side. But we hit that already. I don't want to beat them too hard. I think we've made the point. It's just egregious. The angle with, you know, cause we were researching Camille Sodlocha a little bit, you know, I wanted to know like, what's this guy's background? I, I had no idea who he was. You know, I watched big 10 hockey, you know, like I kind of remember the name guys from Poland. <laughs> this is just like an anecdotal thing, but his, you could go on his page right now on the Ohio state 
uh, website, like on the roster, he lists his two favorite movies as Eight Mile, which is a movie about a white guy transcending racial lines <laughs> in the inner city, and The Shawshank Redemption, which is a movie about a white guy and a black guy becoming best friends in 1947, like 10 years before the Civil Rights Movement. It's just, he, it's just like a... What what's going on with that guy? I I, I can't. I, I'm flabbergasted that someone in 2022 who has those two movies that were like the the whole thing is like black and white guys getting along. Yeah. And it's just it's just bizarre. It, this story and the response to it feels like something like from the 80s or something. We I just I thought we were beyond this. Have you had any other experience even? The Diet Coke 10% version of this guy's one remark instead of five or whatever. Is uh, yeah, I mean, not, I mean, definitely like growing up in hockey and, and there's definitely, uh, I mean, there's negativity towards African Americans playing and, or minorities as well. And I've definitely experienced comments and, and, uh, negativity towards me playing on the ice. And same with, I mean, my brother's really the only per- other person I can speak of, uh, firsthand. But, uh, no, yeah, I mean, since I mean, growing up, I could remember there has always been uh, not issues, but definitely a backlash or negativity towards me playing for sure. I mean, uh, hopefully this is the last time you face anything like this or you know, anybody. It's just such such a bummer. And you know, in the Big Ten too, which I just care more about than if I mean, obviously it's bad anywhere, but it just hits a little bit closer to home. Haven't having it happen to one of our student athletes. I care so much about Michigan State and. It's just like a shitty story. You've really turned it into a positive, which is almost impossible. But I think the way you're handling it is just beyond measure in terms of the class. And and you're really, I mean, beyond the biggest man, bigger man in the room and in the situation. And you look at, again, at a conference level and an institution level, you're talking about people with PhDs in their 70s. And they're getting schooled in how to handle something by, I mean, what are you, 22? Yeah, 23. 23. I mean, it's just, I, I could not commend you more. I was talking with, uh, I hear you, set, you know, sound the siren. I'm going to get shit for this. <laughs> I Because I name, I name drop, I'm told, my my friend Jack. But uh, my best friend, best man at each other's weddings is Jack Johnson. plays for yeah. the Blackhawks now gotcha. and uh, just won the cup with Colorado. So I was talking about the situation with him. I told him before we booked it, but I was talking with you. I'm trying to get, you know, Jagger on the show. And I, I got his permission to share his response. We were texting and talking on the phone back and forth. But So this was an excerpt from my buddy Jack's response to your situation with Ohio State. Quote, that situation disgusts me, frankly. How does that happen? There's no place for it in our game or anywhere. In my entire NHL career, I can't recall a single incident like that. The guys wouldn't tolerate it. That was, you know, and that was excerpted from, again, uh, that was text messages, but we were talking on the phone. It was a long text thread about it. But what he was saying was he's heard, for whatever you want to make of it, more in Canada is what he said, heard stuff in the crowd. Like he's heard uh, people in the crowd. He played with Wayne Simmons, you know, for I think it was two or three years in L.A. He's heard this stuff from people in the crowd. He's never heard a racial slur, not to say it's ever happened. He's never heard that. And his take was like, if, if some guys, you know, saying the N word or whatever racial slur, pick your, you know, take your pick the teammates, like the guy's teammates are going to be like, shut the fuck up. They're not going to, yeah. that's what he was saying. I'm not an NHL player, but I just, to me, it, it already is unacceptable. I, which just makes the fact that it happened all the more outrageous. Did, did you see 
anybody on Ohio State? Uh, did they hear him? Did uh, they tell him knock it off? No, I mean, but speaking of that, it's something that I was I actually appreciated a lot. Was one of their players did come up to me during the game after that had happened and and did say sorry about that. And obviously, it didn't belong, and he's ashamed that that happened. So he also texted me after. So that was something that you know meant a lot. Obviously, coming from him, and and I know it it, it was hard because it was obviously his teammate that you know uh, did it, but. There was yeah there was a, there was one Ohio State player that did actually apologize on the ice and that that made me feel a little bit better for sure. Well, I know you're not gonna out him, but maybe after the show you can tell me who that is because that kid deserves a basket. But that that was Jack's whole thing was yeah obviously the kid who said the stuff is the the real you know villain in the story, but he was shocked that like he goes somebody had to have said something so I I can go back and tell him now that somebody yeah. did, but. He said, if we heard that, like, on, he goes, if I'm playing in Chicago, you know, at the United Center tomorrow, and I hear one of my teammates call somebody the yeah. N-word, we're all going to be like, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, no, it, yeah. it's, it's going to be, but I don't think that was even the case maybe 20 years ago. I think we have progressed. But it's, it's that's honestly a great nugget that someone came up to you on. I didn't know. I yeah. haven't heard that if you've shared that before. No, yeah, I don't think I have. And, yeah, no, that's something that, I mean, obviously, the way I look at him and has changed greatly and i'm appreciative that he uh felt the need to come say sorry and that was very, uh, very nice of him props to that kid let's let's get that guy on an nil deal i'll, I'll support <laughs> an ohio state athlete i'll forgive them for their trespasses at their own yeah. stadium against the michigan football team how how dare they let me down so all right i i appreciate you know going into detail i know the story kind of sucks yeah, I, there's no way around it. Yeah. But, you know, you've been so good about sharing details about it. You know, I know I saw your all access thing with Michigan State. Uh, just you're doing a great job with everything. And, you know, I, I applaud you because, like you said, that you were in a tough spot. You know, you're calling out your own conference. You're calling out your brother's alma mater by proxy. It's not, you know, guys in the in the fraternity, from what I'm told, don't really like calling out other players. Yeah. So that was hard. But you did the right thing because if you didn't do it, you even did it, and the response sucked. I mean, yeah. it's just going to perpetuate forever. So I give you so much credit, man. I really no, yeah, do. I appreciate that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's I every everyone supporter that reaches out, it just it really does reassure me. And I mean, I've had like big, uh, I, I'll out name drop you here. How about that? Uh, like Anson Carter, he's been tremendous oh, so far guy. with me, and me and him had a, have had a couple of chats, and it, I know he had similar experiences uh, when he played, and and that was something that hit the hit the heart for him hit home and uh and yeah he's been great and I know uh PK Subban he reached out to me and he was nothing but nice and and I know he he shared similar experiences and and guys that you know maybe maybe got away with stuff like that and yeah I mean I couldn't I'm I'm telling you the support is overwhelming and it reassuring it really is so it's awesome you're having a Norris trophy winner hit yeah. you know, it's, it's pretty cool I mean, yeah anyone that says black players don't belong in the league. They did not watch Anson Carter growing up because Anson Carter was my favorite player yeah. when I was a kid because he was there in like the mid mid to late 90s. And I remember watching him my first game at Munn. He was he was playing and he was awesome. He was my favorite player on the team by a mile. So yeah, they don't know. I mean, they're ignorant to begin with, but they didn't watch Anson yeah. Carter. Man. That, guy, that guy was the best player on Michigan State back then. And those were, were some rolling, really good Michigan State teams. So speaking of rolling, really good Michigan State teams, I want to pivot away from... All the nonsense from Let's November. I want to talk some Michigan State hockey. All right. We touched on it earlier. I'm fucking jacked. You guys have finally given me something to root for. Because <laughs> I, I, I always root for Michigan State hockey. But it's been a rough, 
a rough road. I mean, I, I graduated not that uh, recently, and I still haven't seen really. I mean, there was one Tom Anastas year where the team was like 17 and 16. So I, I pulled this up. I did some math crunching. There's no graphic for this oh, okay. one, but I, this is the year looking. Everyone yeah, knows that. Like, <laughs> but so this is, I, I'm not a big notes guy. I, don't, I hate reading off, but this is okay. a stat I got to read off. So your first three seasons at Michigan State, the hockey program goes 34, 60, and 5. It's a 36% win percentage. This year so far, which it's still young, 11, 6, and 1, 65%. So again, sample size alert, we get that. But so far this year, you're winning at almost double the clip that you did your prior three years. This is objectively speaking, as we stand right now, the best Michigan State hockey season since the defending champions that fell a little short 07-08, just in terms of record win percentage. It's the best team objectively in 14 years. I mean, there's even if you guys kind of play 500 the rest of the way, it's the best team in 14 years. So I, I'm fascinated by how you guys got here. You are one of those guys that can speak to it because you've been here longer than anybody during the come up. And now you're here for the Ascension with the new coach. Ben, can you roll that um, clip with some of the highlights of Michigan State hockey this year? And that'll set the table for us. We want Michigan State to be the top program in college hockey. And we truly believe we can do that. Our only concern is about being better tomorrow than we are today. And then we'll do that again tomorrow and we'll do it the next day. And I truly believe we keep doing that. Eventually that's gonna to come to fruition. Kelly, good opportunity here. Out in front, trying to wrap it around, in, in! Tanner Kelly, his second goal of the weekend, makes it 3-0 MSU in the first period. It's Joshua on the right wing, drops it back into the oh, up to Baskell at the right point. He'll step into the middle, take yes. a shot, goal! Back out to center ice. Spartans get back on side. Tucker brings it in on the left wing. Tucker, Holy shot, man. goal! Okay, so this is the revival of a great program, man. I'm pumped. I want your opinion on this. As someone that was here for the sort of end of a relatively dark era to now the ascension that we're seeing before our eyes in real time, how did we get here? Like this is, seems to be overnight. Like how how are we from where we were last year in the twelve years prior to where we are right now? One of the best teams in the country. Uh, I think I think the easiest way is is to explain is the buy in, and and that's with starts with Coach Nightingale and and everybody, the whole, his whole staff that he brought in, and from our our trainer Will Morlock to our two assistants to Michael and Townsy, and and adding Fasty back and. Everybody's been a tremendous help, and I think it speaks a lot to a team when everybody's bought in. And necessarily, I don't. We still don't really even have the top-toted players in America. Say we don't. There's nobody that's uh, that high of an NHL draft pick or uh, highly uh, like skill-wise and on our team. And but when we everybody buys in and, and plays a team game, and it, it can show what you can do on the ice and. I think just even Coach Nightingale with the mentality he's brought to us and and more focusing on ourselves and getting better each day, like you heard. He, I mean, we really just focus on us and and that's all you can control and getting better each day. And and when that one percent adds up, eventually it's going to add up to a hundred. And and that's all we really look forward to. And yeah, I mean, I think I, it comes down to some mentality thing and something like we're not we're not very goal oriented or or in terms of we're not looking to score 40 shots or have 
10 block shots and type of thing. We're just more focused on playing the best brand of hockey we can and, and playing winning hockey and, and replicating that and repeating that every game. And it's paid off for us so far. And I'm, I, I'm generally ecstatic to keep playing and I, I have nothing but good words to say about playing for coach Nightingale and in the way he sees the game and, and the way he helps us see it. And it's been obviously, I mean, as you can see, it's been tremendously helpful for me this year and, and I, I get to play with some highly skilled players and, and Dorward and, and Russell, and they've been nothing but spectacular this year. And yeah, I, I think it really just comes down to the mindset and the buy-in process. It, it's visible. I, I, when I was in the uh, Vancouver throws of 2010, we talked about a little bit before the show, before the cameras were rolling, but for the Olympics, seeing the Team USA and that great run they had and undefeated until overtime of the final game, the gold medal game. But I got to meet Ryan Kessler, uh, who was one of my favorite players from that era and just, I think, very recently retired. But uh, I congratulated him. It was They had just beaten Canada in that like preliminary. They had beaten him in Canada, obviously. It's like a huge shock. Mm-hmm. And I just said, like, hey, you're one of my favorite players, man. Like, great game, just kind of generic stuff. And they, they had a like a team get-together thing at the a bar. They had the whole top four of this bar in downtown, rent it out. Um, and he, he said something that resonated with me ever since. So here we are going on you know 15 years later, pushing it. He said, just trying to be tough to play against. Just trying to be, you know, he said, thanks and said, I'm just trying to be tough to play against. We're just trying to be tough to play against because we're talking about all these stars on Canada and like, how'd you do it? And what a shock. No one saw that coming. We're just trying to be tough to play against. You guys are tough to play against. That's what my takeaway is. You, you're almost like a vintage Tom Izzo team where it's just, you have a little bit of a fuck you snarl to you where you mentioned it's not a team loaded with all Americans and top 10 picks in the draft, but you just watch the game. You guys are in guys' faces. I mean, everything is contested. You're you're hustling. You back check really hard. It just seems like exactly what you said. The buy in is that is that sort of a fair assessment? You guys, no, just, yeah. You have some fuck you to you. No, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, I think even. I mean, obviously, I struggle with the discipline part a little bit, and, and uh, <laughs> you play on the edge. But yeah, I gotta play. And you know, I mean, yeah, it's just from holding people accountable. And that's something that, I mean, I always liked about that basketball team. And I'll never forget like Aaron or uh, Henry, Aaron Henry, just yelling, yelling at one of his teammates or like they always get in each other's face. And that's something I admire. And, you know, for somebody to be able to be held accountable like that by another peer, another teammate is, it shows you how strong that team is. And, and you need teams like that that go far. And that's something that I think we have here. We, everybody holds each other accountable. And I even, I mentioned it to the team the other day is those, the freshmen that were brought in and they, to me, when I see a kid like Dorwart shooting 300 pucks a day, I'm like, I gotta go, I gotta shoot too type of thing. And I see our freshmen when they're the hardest workers and, and they're bought in and they're the ones that are changing the culture and, and they're the ones that are doing the extra work. And, I got it. Me, obviously the last couple of years wasn't something that we were doing and we weren't say necessarily acting like we were the best team in the nation. And so that's another big part of Nightingale and his mantra is, is we act like we're the best team in the nation. We do stuff different here and, and we're different than everybody else. And I know nobody else practices like us and, and nobody had the summer like us. And when we're doing stuff like that, it's, it all adds up and, and I, yeah, we're getting results on the ice as you can see. And, just looking forward to continuing it. Why is the buy-in there so much more now with Nightingale versus Danton Cole? Um, 
I think, I mean, if you ever talk to Coach Nightingale, I think the way he, he talks and he's a personal guy and and obviously his reputation speaks to himself. So you obviously trust a guy with that's coming from uh, where he has. And, and yeah, I think just the way if you just sat down with him and the way he broke down the game and at least from my standpoint, he I'm impressed the way he's like he sees stuff on the ice and like we'll be watching video and he'll be like we always joke around but he always be like uh like you see the two-on-one there but like really there's nothing there yet type of thing like but he sees it from from 30 seconds ago type of thing like he the way he sees a game and you can tell that he knows what he's talking about and and yeah you just trust him and obviously I want to get to the level that he coached and and he knows how to get there and so you don't have to tell me you don't have to convince me more really to to buy in and I think that's the same with everybody else and everybody on our team wants to become the best hockey player they can and obviously it's not realistic that everybody can go to the NHL and or pursue hockey but if you act like that every day and you show up ready to work it's only going to benefit the team and, and yourself in the long run so my ears perked up at one thing you said a minute ago when you said that his mantra is we act like we're the best team in the nation. Is that is that that I catch that yeah, right? Yeah. How is that reflected? Is that like a swagger? Is that uh, in terms of preparation? What does that mean, really? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's all those things. I think for me, I think that's where confidence starts from is is, is repetition and practice, and and that's where you gain your confidence from, and that's something that he just stresses. I mean, I know for a fact we're the only team that warms up before practice, like stuff like that. This adds up and and just act we're different like that's just we're we do stuff differently we're, we're attentive when we do stuff and and from there it just it, it adds up to winning games and and be, being successful really was there any apprehension reticence from you being a rising senior new coach coming in the guy that recruited you is gone you've played your whole career collegiately is gone was that nerve-wracking for you at all yeah I mean I think for everybody obviously a new coach coming in and uh, the past three years, I mean, I, I like to think I played a good amount and I was somewhat happy with uh, my playing my ice time. And so obviously it's a little nerve wracking and a new coach, a new system. And he is not really familiar with my game. And, you know, he comes from USA. And I, I do think like he was he comes from USA, a skilled predominantly his background skill. And I think I have a little skill in my game, but obviously I'm a, a hard, tough nose player to play again. So I was even I had second guesses if maybe he respected my playing style if that makes sense and so there's definitely there's those nerves but I think just talking to him and from his first zoom call that we had with him and showing that he just wants to make everybody as best as they can be and it's I mean you really have a conversation with him and it's not hard to buy into his process and I mean at the end of the day I want to become the best hockey player I can and I really think that him and our coaching staff uh can help me get there so it wasn't really wasn't that hard to buy in after day one. And, and I'm, you know, I just am so thankful for it. Oh, I'm thankful for him too. Was there, was there a point this year? And if so, what was it where you realized, Oh shit, like this is not my first three years. Like we're, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> we're like, we have a good team. Was there, was it before the first game, 10 games in, was there a point where you realized this is a different Michigan state hockey experience than what I'm used to? Yeah, no, right. I think right off the get go is, uh, our first away game at Bowling Green in that hostile environment. And I mean, it's a hard place to play and they get rowdy. And, and I just remember the whole game. I think it was an even game. Uh, until late until the third and and you could tell that they were holding on 
And that's something that I talked about with Nico Mueller, who is somebody that's also been through it with uh, through the past three years and have seen. And to me, it was like we were we used to be Bowling Green, like we used to be the team just holding on, like scoring one goal and and trying to hold on for the lead. And and we were in the and so for me, I was like, oh, like it's different. Like we're we're the we're the other team now, like we're the team that's pushing the guns here and we're we're better trained and and uh yeah, no, I think that right off the get go from the second game in, I, I knew that it was different here and and it really it was it was almost fun. Like it was it, it just you know, I mean, it just sucks being on that other side. Like you're just praying. You're almost just you know, I've I've been lucky. We've always had good goaltending here and and usually I think a lot of our wins was relying on goaltending late and in our defense and just being on the other side of that and relentless pressuring and and you could tell that the ice was tipping in our favor was something that, I mean, I enjoyed. And I think that, yeah, that was definitely the moment I realized that we're not the same. Old Pretty machine. early. I mean, the second game. So it, it is more fun when you're the rabbit and the rabbit's got the gun. And that's what this feels like. It feels like the rabbit's got the gun now where you guys sure. have been, you know, s- kind of struggling and hanging. Not, I mean, way before, way before you even got there. It's a program that really was so good for so long. And, you know, still has the most recent national championship in the Big Ten from 07. And, and just to see that back, whatever happens this year, but just that swagger, that kind of fuck you, because that's what those good Michigan State teams were. Michigan State wasn't the best team in the country the year they won the national title throughout the regular season. They were good, but they weren't the best team. They weren't the top seed. Michigan was expected to be much better and go much farther didn't matter because they played with that edge and it seems like that's sort of coming back a little bit. Does Nightingale talk at all? Like Mel Tucker openly talks about, I'm recruiting a certain type of guy for my football team because I want to get into the college football playoff and have a chance to hold up physically and win a national title. He does not hide from that. He's trying to build towards national titles. Is that something talked about at all in your program with the new regime? Does he talk about, I'm trying to win the conference, win the national championship? Is that something he he expresses to you guys see yeah no i mean i he definitely lets us know that what we're doing here we're trying to build the best team in the nation and and those type of things but like i said earlier it it really he's more focused on each day and and getting better and that's all you can really control and going day by day and and improving in those ways but uh no i mean recruiting isn't really openly talked about i know he recruits smart fast and hard players to play against so that's something that he, he obviously is looking for, but uh, no, I mean, we're just, like I said, we're more just focused on getting better. That's all you can control. And that's something that I think it speaks to our improvement is like, it's, like I said earlier, it's not, we're not trying to go out there and, you know, four goals is going to get us done here or, or 30 shots. We won. It's just really, we're focused on like, and then another thing he always mentions is we don't play the scoreboard. Like we don't, if we're down five, nothing, we're still playing as hard as possible. We're still getting better. It's, it's really a whole new uh, feel in the locker room for sure. And, and it's so funny you said that. Cause that was going to be one of the last things I said was you guys are not in that. Oh, the two goal leads, the worst lead in hockey cliche. Like you're the opposite of that. Cause I I've watched you guys a lot this year. You'll be winning a game by four goals with like six minutes left. And then you end up winning by five or six. Like you guys just pour it on. There's no like kind of sit back in the neutral zone, even when it's almost mathematically impossible for you guys to lose or on the flip side, come back and win. There's like no let up with you guys at all. So I mean, that's something I can't even see sitting on the couch, watching it at home. And it just seems like you guys are so much more hard driving than anything we've seen in a long time. And 
I mean, people will roll their eyes if they're not a Michigan State fan or alum or whatever, but that is kind of the Spartan dog Michigan State mentality. 100%, yeah. That's when the football teams have been great. They've had that edge. The basketball teams, when they've reached their peaks, they've had that edge. You could even argue this basketball team has that edge. You guys have that that snarl back. It's just it's great to see. And what a year for you. I'm so glad that you got to be here for it. Because if you're if you were one year, you know, behind, yeah. you would you would have missed this renaissance. Not only are you along for the ride, but you're playing on the top line. You're a huge part of this. And I'm just really happy for you, especially, you know, you're such a good guy and such a good ambassador for the school. And honestly, really proud to just have you as a Michigan State Spartan and and representing us. Cause I mean, you're well deserving of all the praise you've gotten for how you've handled the thing in November. Obviously your on ice performance has been fantastic this year, which, you know, maybe a little less important than what kind of a person you are, but I still <laughs> I, like both the things. I love that, I you know, how well it. you're playing and uh, just, you know, I, I can't say it enough, man, just but my utmost respect to you and how you've handled everything. No, yeah. I mean, I appreciate those words and I'm looking to keep proving people uh, right that I am a good guy and I just want to, try to get better in each every day if that means just my life and being a better person or being a better hockey player either way it's it's something that I think everybody should strive for and everybody can do so yeah no I no thank you I appreciate those words yeah, I am happy you're a Spartan so we'll, we'll do our quick little speed round get you out of here I know you came right from practice through the pads off and showed <laughs> up as we said so let's run the speed round then we'll get you on your way home This one I ask almost every student athlete because I'm fascinated by this. I, I really am. The best road atmosphere. What's the most intense road barn to go play in? Oh, I mean, I think the easiest is Yost at uh, Michigan. I they get the rowdiest for sure, and obviously when we come into town, it's it's pretty especially uh, charged. Yeah, it's it's definitely loud, and it's something that where I look forward to playing for sure, and and definitely winning there is a, a little bit sweeter for sure. It's a really cool barn. It's just a cool looking place too. I hate to say anything nice about it. No, I agree. I agree. It's it's pretty sweet. All right. I told you I was mixing in a little little bit of Dearborn. So you're a Dearborn guy. Best Dearborn eatery. There's a lot of good food in Dearborn, especially if you like Middle Eastern flair, which I do. Like, what's your your spot to go if someone's coming to visit you in Dearborn? Hey, man, we got to go to this place. Uh yeah, and I go to uh, the Miller's Bar on Telegraph. I it's got some of the best burgers in town. So like ranked, yeah, yeah. So usually that's where I'll stop by or or bring some guests for sure. Yeah, that's like for those that don't know, that's like a top five on any best burger in Michigan list. I usually it's won multiple times on the list, but yeah, great call, great call on that one. All right, briefly on your supposed favorite player according to your bio, you're a big Wayne Simmons guy. Why are you a Wayne Simmons guy? Why do you like Wayne Simmons? Uh, I mean, I think it's easy to say I resonate. Obviously, a, a player of color is somebody I always looked up to. And and then just from his playing style as somebody, I try to rep you, rep you, uh, rep you. Why can't I say that word? Like, like rep? Rep you, replicate. Rep, oh, I replicate, replicate, replicate. I thought you were bad. going for rep. No, but, no, rep. Yeah. My well, bad. Talking Sorry. to an hour. Yeah, you know, with me. <laughs> Anyone talks to me for an hour, they start yeah. saying all sorts of gibberish. Yeah, I, I, I kind of wear people down. But yeah, yeah you want to replicate his Yeah, thing. no, I think yeah. he's somebody that, I mean, I can resonate with his playing style. And uh, he plays physical hard. And, you know, he might not be scoring all the goals. But, you know, when he's on the ice. And, and yeah, he's just somebody I always... Uh, more, I mean, more so looked up to him in his prime years. I don't know about nowadays. I know he's kind of on the end of his career here, but uh, yeah, 
no, yeah, I mean, definitely uh, had a great career and somebody that, I mean, I hope that I can be one day for sure. He's he's kind of up and down in Toronto this year. I think he's played like seven games, but I, because I looked up his stats when I saw that he was your favorite player and I was just like, yeah, like it, he was pretty good. I forgot how many goals he scored yeah. in his prime in Philly. It was like 32, 29, 31, 30 or something. Yeah, like they had that. him net front on that power play. He, he did wonders. Now, yeah, he's a good player in. Yeah, like I said, I mean, hopefully I can be somewhere like him one day. I, I will say he was the best-dressed player on the L.A. Kings when I would go out there and visit. That guy, uh, he had the nicest coats and shit. I, he he blew everyone else away. I used to make fun of Jack. I'd be like, yeah, step your game up. Like, Simmer just looking dynamite. He had a big, beautiful watch. And so, I yeah, I his game is awesome. I told you before the show, I love those kind of, like, fuck you hard-ass mm-hmm. players. I love Tomas Holmstrom, similar kind of big yeah. net presence. And I know you're a Red Wings fan. Uh, but yeah, I, I like Simmer too. That's a, that's a good answer. So we'll finish here. East Lansing watch party location. So here's the setup. Big, I can't be hockey because you're playing it. Yeah. Big basketball game, big football game. Where are you going if you have to go out? You're not just at someone's apartment. Uh, I think I, I, I we would go Luha's. Or Lou, Lou and Harry's, yeah. Oh, yeah, people yeah, that, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't, Whereas, people, these are all Michigan State fans. Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> they I know think, the uh, yeah. No, I, I'm a big fan of Luha's, and and they treat us well there, and that's somewhere definitely one of the spots that the boys like going to. Well, thank you for picking one of the places that actually existed when I was there. Because when <laughs> I went up, I feel like I'm on Mars. I go out, you know, I was the biggest Michigan State uh, passionate alum ever. And I go up there, I feel like I'm at a different campus. Like it's like Hopcat is there now, and it's just, it's like these, there's a brewery up there now, other than Harper's, and yeah, it's wild. But yeah, that's that's a good answer. Luhas, you're going old school. So yeah, that's a good answer. Oh no, yeah, I'll shout out Crunchies too. Crunchies is a lifetime, and I was just gonna that's say a, that's a good spot too that uh, we like to take advantage of, and maybe even karaoke night some nights if we if you get lucky. But I was just your biggest fan, both you individually <laughs> and the team, Michigan State hockey generally, is uh, my friend Jeremy. And he and I were just talking about Crunchies yesterday. And I, it was an awkward moment because I was telling him, like, oh, yeah, Crunchies is the best. The service sucks, though. Like, you yeah. have to wait, like, an hour to get your food. And then he then clarified that he actually worked there. <laughs> so <laughs> like, I'm, like, shitting on yeah. the – I'm shitting on my buddy. Like, oh, yeah, you guys sucked at your job. Like, <laughs> you know, Crunchies was my spot. That Like, yeah. if, if someone asked me that question, if anyone, God forbid, ever interviewed me about that, I'd be like crunchies yeah. for sure, for sure. And we even talked about the karaoke. It's the worst karaoke on the planet, <laughs> not because of crunchies, but because of the talent, at least in my era, yeah. nobody could sing. I don't know what was going on in that four-year <laughs> stretch. At least the, the crunchies patrons could not sing. But great answer. Yeah, crunchies is my spot. Great job by you. I'm going to let you get out of here. You came all the way here. Long drive, as I know, I've made it many times right from practice. I'm sure you, you got something going on tomorrow, either on or off the ice. So really appreciate your time and, and making time for us. And what is a crazy time for you, quite frankly. Um, you know, Continued success to you. Again, thank you for being a smart man. You really represent the school so well. And I couldn't think of somebody better to handle the situation than you and how well you've, you've navigated it. And uh, there's people a lot older and with a lot more experience and diplomas on their wall. I could learn something from you, frankly. So I just uh, hats off to you, man. No, yeah, no. Thanks for having me. And obviously this gives my voice even a bigger platform to to spread uh, my cause and and what I'm fighting for. So no, I'm appreciative of you having me for sure. And I'll continue success to you and the Michigan State hockey program. Man, it's good to have you guys back. I missed you. Ben Augusta, great and powerful odds on the other side of the curtain. Appreciate him as always. Eric Williamson in his boxers, on his couch, watching live. Appreciate you, (laughs) graphic set designer. 
This was the Spiro Avenue Show with Jagger Joshua, Michigan State legend now. We'll see you next time.